What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. A Dear Media original podcast. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Wine Face, where we're breaking down everything the experts know about wine in a fun, digestible, and accessible way because wine is for enjoying and wine is for everyone. I'm your host, Helen Johannesson from Helen's Wines in beautiful Los Angeles, California. And actually, today is less about wine and more about cocktails. I'm really excited to talk to someone today who is creating more accessible pathways and just inspirational, amazing creativity when it comes to the whole world of cocktails, spirits, and education. The only thing that would make me more excited is if this person was here with me in person. So this, let me just preface this intro by saying this is phase one of a two-phase because we're going to intro over Zoom, but then we're going to have an IRL experience. Uh, today, I'm so lucky to have my guest on, Lauren L.P. Paler O'Brien. She is an award-winning mixologist, okay? But that's not it. She's a writer, bartender, and for y'all who watch the flicks, the Netflix, she is the winner of the Netflix competition show, Drink Masters. L.P. was featured in Wine Enthusiast 40 Under 40 Tastemakers for 2021 for her innovation, working across D.C.'s best drinking establishments and raising the bar for safety and wellness and hospitality with her company, Focus on Health, which I am so excited to talk about. She's also the owner of the first B Corp certified spirits-based can cocktail company, Sipony Spritz Co., and you know we're going to taste it today. She also owns LP Drinks Co., a beverage consulting company providing education, training, and cocktail curation for bartenders, bars, and restaurants. And for all you LA freaks, she is the official Emmys bartender. So like, I mean, it just goes on and on. <laughs> I know I'm not even touching on some of the other stuff we're going to dig into, but Lauren, thank you so, so much for being on Wine Face today. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, I was reading about everything that you've accomplished and the impact you've made in hospitality. And I just wanted to quickly back it up. And if you could tell everybody, like, how did this start for you? How did hospitality beverage, you know, crack it open for us? Tell us the story. What inspired you? Yeah, for sure. So I, I moved from the Bronx to DC to pursue a career in nursing and, you know, just naturally fell into food and beverage <laughs> as one does. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I was frequenting a bar called The Passenger in DC 
my best friend was working there as a server and I would go there to do my homework. And I grew up in a house full of kids. So eight of us total, but seven siblings that I had. And I think I was just, yeah, accustomed to very noisy environments, truthfully. So we'd go to the bar, do my homework was probably the most efficient I, I ever was. And found myself going to the bar a lot less to do homework and a lot more because I was so engaged in what the bartenders were doing. You know, watching them behind their bar was like watching, you know, a a painter paint on a beautiful canvas. And I fell really in love with the idea of being behind the bar. And um, I asked the owner one day for a job and was like, hey, I'd love a job. I'd love to bartend. I think I can do this. And (laughs) he was like, well, you can interview. I was like, "Okay." (laughs) Were you making drinks at home or was this like your first foray? You were observing. Yeah. And you were just I like, never I'm made into a drink this. in my life. Really? Yeah, I never, never made a drink in my life. I don't even think at that point I had ever had a drink because I don't believe I didn't start drinking until I was 22. So I don't think I had had a drink at that point. And yeah, I um I interviewed and he was like, well, you know, if you want a job, you can work at McDonald's. But if you want to like change the way people think about the drinks industry and like, you know, really inspire, then you should work here. And I was like, yeah, sure. Cool. That sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I had know, no I idea what I was getting myself into. <laughs> I love know? how he's like, you have to interview, but then he's like, but if you want to inspire people, this is the yeah. only place to work. That's incredible. What was that first like night? Like, I mean, that must've been wild. Just, I don't remember the first night, but I remember the first night being behind the bar. So the establishment did a really good job at providing us with this groundwork of you have to understand what all the classic cocktails are. You have to understand how to make, you know, uh, syrups and all the knowledge of spirits and wine and beer to even work there. So as a server and as a far back, that was a requirement, which was great because one day we all went to a bar concert as a staff <laughs> and someone went in the mosh pit and broke their wrists. No. And the next day was my first day behind the bar. Oh my God. And it was a Friday night. No. I remember being at the bar concert and the owner's like, yeah, you're working tomorrow at the bar. And I was like, what? I'm just a server. (laughs) And he sat there the whole night with me and it was great. It was such a rush of adrenaline. And I was like, I want to feel like this all the time. I had so much fun. It was so inspiring. And that was really the beginning of, I guess, what my life is now. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I feel like the moment when it's like, all right, I got to shake two drinks at one time is you like click, <laughs> click, and then it's like, let's get it. Oh, my I've worked behind a bar. So I, I feel like it is really like a powerful watch. So when did you realize that something was clicking more for you than other people? Because like you have a genius with these spirits. So like, how did that come to you? Was it something that you accepted right away? Like, yeah, I'm good at this. I am an expert. I still don't think I'm good at it. No, but- come on. <laughs> you know, there is I, no I, way I- of me reading your resume. I'm like, there's no way. I think that for me, the mentality I have is there's always something to learn. So, okay. I, I do think I'm good at it. Yeah. I think going into it, I certainly felt like I was in over my head. And it's funny because I was talking about this with my very first coworkers from 2014. They were like, yeah, you were kind of really bad in the beginning. And we we didn't know how it was going to go. <laughs> so The truth. <laughs> truth I was like, well, thank, thanks, guys. Thanks. So just trying to keep think- you humble. They're <laughs> for real. But I think also it proves that they didn't give up on me, which is so important. So I'm always grateful when I can be in rooms with people who can either teach me something or who I can teach something to with that same mentality of mine. You know, I think I realized I loved it when I had a very natural 
ability to stand behind a bar, make a drink, mm. make riffs on drinks mm. that really aligned with what people were requesting. And more importantly, what I could find the things outside of food and beverage that really aligned with me in a way that still allowed me to do what I to do as a beverage professional, which I thought was cool. And that's really how LP Drinks Co. and even Focus on Health became a project that I had the pleasure of being a part of. One thing that people don't realize is like the hospitality industry is brutal and the bar industry is taxing. It's really hard, not to mention that it's service oriented, it's late hours, but it can be really just intense environments. And I feel like you have found a way to make it sustainable and are spreading that. How did you get started on that path? Was it personal experience or is it the way that you see hospitality moving? Because I'm a firm believer that hospitality has to change. It has to move. There yeah, is so much there growth. needs to be. Yeah. There needs to be evolution with everything that we do. And I don't know exactly when it clicked, but I think when I got into my element in a way that naturally aligned with me, the decisions I made and the way that I moved definitely was in a way that was so grounded in my values and my mission that the aftermath, I think, just became these really awesome programs and pop-ups and forms that I'm very proud of. And I even look at some of the things we do and I'm like, how it's so cool how forward thinking it is. And some of the creatives that we get to work with and how amazing and innovative they are in and of themselves, you know, I think it's interesting because somebody asked me the other day, like, well, how does it feel to get all these awards? And I was like, be honest, I don't do any of this with that in mind. It's cool that these things are getting recognized. But if I moved with those things in mind, I don't think that I would ever have a feeling of fulfillment. I could ever truly be happy with the work that I'm doing, right? Because yeah. I think that I'd be focused on the wrong things. I, I mean, a hundred percent. Can you explain, like, what are some of the things you're working on now that you're seeing the most direct impact? And then like, where, where do you want to take it as far as shifting, you know, the game, the perspective? Because I think a lot of my listeners, you know, it's more about wine, but it's, it's not something we talk about a lot, hospitality. And, and it's, I'm really passionate about it. So I'd love to hear in your words. Yeah. You know, I don't work behind a bar anymore, which is a concept that is difficult for some people to grasp. And I think it's what's cool about it is that I'm in a position now with my company that's expanded into an agency. So we'll call it LP Drinks Co. (laughs) But I'm able to do things like pop-ups, right? Mm -hmm. Which traditionally are an opportunity for a guest bartender to come into a space and showcase their, you know, their cocktails, but they're always behind the bar, right? So the way that I've kind of restructured internally, what we do is that we require education as something that we provide to the staff. We're really looking to do these events mostly. I say mostly because obviously there there are instances where that's not the case, but mostly in spaces where the education is needed. So I just did a, a pop-up at We Cocktail Lounge in Brooklyn, which was oh, great. Nice. Yeah. And we spent a whole day doing prep. I set it up essentially with different tech, you know, techniques and applications they're not accustomed to doing. And I basically broke it up where there were different tasks that had to be completed to get all the prep done. So Mm. it was like broken up and there were six people, each of them, you know, completed a task and it was like, cool. So this is really a test to see how you communicate. Are you able to ask for help when you need it? Mm. Are you able to, you know, follow instructions and directions well? And then most importantly, how are your time management skills? So like, you know, we set this up, everyone completed their tasks. And then this pop-up, this person who's coming to their space, their home is now truly a part of what their goals and mission, Mm. you know, is I've welcomed them. I've 
provided them an opportunity to be a part of this experience going into that pop-up they're excited they're happy and it was so cool seeing them do their thing and then when the a pop-up actually happens I'm behind the bar probably an hour but I'm really hosting because right what I find is like, you know, you go to these pop-ups and the individuals you, you go to like see, you don't even get to chat with them because they're stuck behind the bar or you don't get to engage with them. Right. But most importantly, that's their stage. I want them to have their time to shine. And it was really cool seeing them do their thing. You're inspiring them along the way. I believe in like you inspire the people coming to see you and the people working hard for you. I love yeah. that. Is one of your missions to make making a cocktail, maybe it's going to enjoy a cocktail, but for the person who wants to make them at home, are you trying to kind of make it more accessible? I mean, is that yeah. slightly, because it sounds like at its core, you're just this wonderful teacher and mentor of all things. Yeah. Mixing. I think the show opened my eyes to the possibilities of the ways we can change the way that consumers see our sector. And I'm sure you experience this with wine a lot, you know, there are all these preconceived notions about what we do and who we are. And Drink Masters was the first time people could see on a day to day on like the backside, real raw, you know, and dirty, like what we do <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and who we are. And it was cool because you see this with chefs all the time. And I think what it allowed me to realize is that the interactions we have with individuals, that's their moment. Mm -hmm. So how, whatever we leave them with, what impression, what story, what exchange, that's all they have. Yeah. Right. And so the opportunities, the more opportunities we have to invite them in, the better, in my opinion. Oh, wait, was it, was TV crazy? Did you like it? Would you do it again? I would do it again. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I learned a lot about myself. You know, it, man, it is like best and worst moment or just freakiest, or is it like, I feel like you're also with all these other personalities. I, I've never done yeah. TV. I don't know if I would be good at it, but. I feel like you'd be great at yeah, it. You'd be great at it. I think <laughs> the thing that worked in my favor is I was focused yeah. on growth. Right. And I wasn't, you know, focused on, on really anything else. And like no um, sabotage, no trying to win. You were just like, I'm going to be me yeah, and grow in this space. Exactly. Because here's the thing. It was such a big moment. And I truthfully it wasn't until I watched the show that I was like oh man I was on tv and it still hasn't really sunk in but it's a big deal it's it is a big deal and I think if I could go out there and grow and and do the best that I could and stay you know I, I spent so much time in library studying and I'm proud of everything I put out and I'm really happy I went into that way I didn't ever go in thinking like I'm gonna win I'm gonna win it was like how can I be the best version of myself and do mm. the best I can in this challenge and in this moment. Um, yeah. And I, I would do it again for sure. I think that there's so much opportunity in that space and it's kind of just the beginning of it, which is exciting. Yeah. I I'm excited. I think, I think more is to come. I have a feeling about it. The show is awesome and you're awesome. And like, thanks. I would, I want more of you. So I think whenever Aww, you have thanks. that feeling, you're like, <laughs> Because I am so averse personally to like the the people in the white shirts with like the straps and like the really stuffy craft cocktail culture is mm -hmm. hard for me. Like I believe in learning all the basics and learning the history like of the classic cocktail. But I've had so many experiences where with the concept of mixology and I'm curious where you fall on this because like mixology is what you're doing. It's like the practice. But like, how do you look at the craft of bartending, you know? Yeah, you know, bartenders are some of the most intelligent and, like, innovative people I've ever met. Yeah. And 
I think the thing that's important to say is that like, it's unrealistic to expect to go into a bar and get every cocktail on the menu aligned with what you saw in Drinkmasters. That's completely unrealistic. But what you can expect to get is a great story, an amazing exchange, you know, delicious beverages, and hopefully, you know, an opportunity to take that experience and share it with someone who's close that you care about and, you know, recommend that space, recommend that bartender, et cetera, et cetera. I think there are so many different types of bars. There are so many different types. It's actually quite amazing that you have the options available to you. So if you do want to go into that space that does focus on molecular gastronomy, I think that should be celebrated. If you do want to go to that dive bar that just pours you that shot the way you like it, like that should be celebrated too. Right. Drinking is an occasion and it's a celebration. And I think even the non-alcoholic beverages, the the way that we have been able to create spaces that really are just welcoming and yes. feel good is quite amazing. So I just hope to see more people sharing their stories and being proud of who they are and their skills and like you know, continuing to push boundaries in whatever way and manner is appropriate for them. And I feel like people can look to you and and build their own empires. Like you're on your empire oh, path. Like the LP path is just pyramiding yeah. up. Speaking of which, we're going to have a virtual drink together. <laughs> Sipony Royale. Okay. I, when I look at this, I'm like, it screams gold rush to me. Was that the inspiration? Gold Rush is a whiskey-based cocktail. But yeah. can we talk about this amazing, I'm about to open it. Do I Put it on ice or no ice? What's your no, recommendation? Drink it right out of the can. Right out so, of the can. Okay, it's cold. Yes. One, two, yes, three. Yes, it is. There oh, you go. Yeah. Okay, tell me. I'm opening one of Lauren's cocktails in a can, and I got it very easily. So I think all of you can as well. Can you yes. tell us about its inception? What am I drinking? For sure. So Sipony Spritz Co. Oh, my God. Is- oh, my God. <laughs> It's really, it's really fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> My first I love time. That. Okay, tell me Excellent. about Excellent. Tell me For about For sure. So Amanda Vittoria and Joseph Mintz mm. are the original creators of Sipony Spritz Co. And I have the great pleasure of recently coming on as a minority shareholder. And congrats. So, thank Amazing. you. It's a canned cocktail that has whiskey, New York honey lemon juice and sparkling soda. Oh. And we like to say saving honeybees one can at a time. Oh um, it's a can cocktail with a mission. It's B Corp <gasps> certified, which also means that we donate a portion of our revenue every year to nonprofits that focus on the environment. And it is delicious. Amanda did an amazing job creating this it's can cocktail. So good. With, it's I'm going to open and right now. I'm looking okay. at the ingredients and it's there's nothing but what you said. Sea salt. There's a little sea salt. But like mm-hmm. I feel like it's so rare. There's no sugar. There's honey. But like, that's what I love about it. It's not that sweet. I really taste the it's whiskey. It's balanced. Yes. It's so good. And I'm not a canned cocktail person. Oh, it, yes. So this is like, this is major for me. This is, I'm <laughs> yes. like, I have friends who are into it, but they're usually too sweet for me. I don't like a lot of yes. sugar. Yeah. So this is definitely craft made. I'm really proud mm. to be a part of this organization. So this is Royale and this is our OG can and just such a delicious product. I, I think it's interesting being a part of this journey with RTDs. It's such a concentrated category. Um, so many products that you can get. And I think for me, the reason why I really wanted to be a part of this company was because I think there's so much power in being an informed consumer. The yes. value of your dollar is so impactful. So why not make a purchase? That tastes good and also makes a difference, right? I'm with you 100%. I tell people this about wine all the time. I'm like, whether you buy wine from me or not, 
you should have information about what's in the bottle because it's not yes. going to be listed. It's exactly. all smoke and mirrors in a lot of cases. You know where I want this? Like every airline should carry this. Delta, you need it. Y'all hear it? Delta, hear it? I'm every... actually, I'm going to email them because we. Yes. I know them and I'm going to be like, you need this on your plane. I Please. hate flying. And like, if I had this, it would make it so much better. Let me ask you a question. Did you have this thing when I first got into hospitality? This is all I've ever done. Restaurants, wine. That's it. I was always obsessed with it. My parents grew up in New York as well. My parents were like, they were like so mad when I took a maitre d' job. (laughs) They were like, what are you doing? (laughs) And now they're very happy. But did you have a similar experience with your family? Like when you were like, I'm quitting nursing school. Oh, yeah. Oh, was oh yeah, it's funny. I brought this up the other day to my mom, like, or say other day, like a month ago. And she goes, <laughs> I never said that. I was supportive. <laughs> and now she's like, hey, listen, my she- daughter's on Drink Masters, <laughs> just by the way. <laughs> she's being a parent. Like, they they're obviously have my best interest in mind always. And so I, it was probably alarming to be like, mom, I'm going to be a nurse. And then to come home like, mom, I'm going to be a bartender. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't even you start know? there. You're like, I'm going to be a bar back and a server. Like, that's where it started <laughs> for me. And my mom was like, OK, what? Yeah. I don't think so. She was so upset. But. I just felt like we have similar paths of like, they thought I was going to be some writer or consultant. And I was like, no, sharp left, sharp left turn. You know, I I don't know what, it was such a liberating feeling. And even now when I, I'm like making these choices as an adult. It's like, I'm going to have a Kit Kat for breakfast. I'm like, that's liberating, <laughs> you know? But <laughs> I just remember having a very similar feeling when I made that decision. Like, I'm such a badass. I'm yeah. going to do what makes me happy. You know, <laughs> Rage against the machine. Like I am my own person. I'm all for it. I love it. Wait, so, so you live in D.C., right? Yeah. So it's cold there right now. Oh, yeah. So it's Cold-ish. Cold. Cold, yeah. For, okay. So what do you recommend? Like, what's your go-to right now? Not going out to drink, but what do you make at home the most? Like, what cocktail is easy? Ooh. Like, what could these listeners be like, I am going to make an LP special. It's cold where I am. What yeah, would you recommend? Uh, hot buttered rum is delicious. Okay, I'm already intimidated. Hot buttered rum. Can we talk about it? What's happening with hot buttered okay, rum? <laughs> so we make a butter batter, which okay. essentially is butter, soft serve ice cream, honey, (laughs) brown sugar, and then a bunch of bacon spices that are ground. Mix it together. Okay. So, so people at home can do this. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's so easy. Okay. And then you put the butter batter in your freezer. Okay. So you would just take a, we call it a heaping spoonful, (laughs) a heaping spoonful when you're ready to make your cocktail and you'd put it in like a thermos, right? Not this big, probably half the size. So a hot cup Okay. A cup that would take a hot drink about half that size. Okay. You'd put the butter at the bottom. You'd take an ounce and a half of dark rum. I usually use yeah, like what Goslings. Do you use? I love Goslings. Or Havana Club. I it's love so Havana good. Club. Why is it so? <laughs> you know what I really love? Berlito. The... Yes. Oh, yes. We bought like six bottles in when we flew out of San Juan. They don't allow. It's not here, I don't think, right? It's only no, in Puerto Rico. No, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but that shit is the shit but it's not it's really a fire. dark rum. is that the same as my uh, goslings I no don't, i don't know a lot about that specific yeah. rum but it is so delicious so good oh my gosh what's happening so in puerto good. rico is so good you should do a pop-up in puerto rico i'm gonna come it's gonna I'm be already working on it what wait yes. when is it i need to know <laughs> we need the deets I all right know. when you know we're gonna share with everybody because um, yeah 
I'm going to be there. My all right, not to sidebar, but my husband's a painter and he's doing a show there with this guy, Christopher. And they, oh. anyway, it's going to be a whole thing. So maybe we can combine it. It'll be there you go. That'd be cool. Immersive experience. Yes. Okay. Hot butter rum. <laughs> hot butter rum. I'm, I'm off topic. That's I okay. got too excited about rums. So a Gosling's. <laughs> yeah. Havana Club, which is so water. good. Yeah. About like okay. four ounces hot water. Okay. And then I like to garnish with an orange peel that has studded cloves in it. It oh, is studded cloves. Good. Oh my God. So good. Imagine like. Do you have to shake favorite- it at all? Or you just stir? You stir it together. Till the butter melts. Imagine your favorite cup of coffee mixed with your favorite soft serve ice cream. Oh my gosh. Oh, that sounds so good. In one good. bite. In one bite. And you're just cozy by your fire on a bearskin rug. It's, oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it could even be dessert. Like you could just be like, we're not having Honestly. dessert. We're having hot buttered rums. Exactly. Oh, that so is such I always a vibe. have butter batter in my freezer. You're a genius. You should make butter batter and sell it at Costco. All right. Well, I'm going to write that (laughs) down. Make your own custom (laughs) butter batter. I mean, I would buy it because it sounds like easy to make, but I would want a professional who knows the race. People bottle simple syrup and sell it. So you got to get on that train. People bottle everything. (laughs) One thing that sounds so cool that you're doing this year, you're doing a dinner series called Bodega Culture, which sounds so cool. Are you only doing this in D.C.? Like, what's the deal? What's the vibe? How do we go? I have some good news. Yes. I will be doing one in L.A. Yes. All right. (laughs) What month? Do you know? So I don't know yet. So we are in the process of we actually just finished cocktails and comedy tour like development. So we're going to start going on the road for that in the next few weeks. So bodega culture is actually an extension of the cocktail I made on episode two, the guava cocktail. Oh, amazing. That's so sick. Oh, cool. So it it was fire by. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool because people from India messaging me like that cocktail was so great we know exactly what you're talking about and I was like that Mm -hmm. is mind-blowing I was just embracing where I grew up you know the Bronx my culture and it was it it was really cool how it resonated with individuals so the series is supposed to be honoring the roots of bodegas which is the Puerto Rican diaspora and New York City as we Mm -hmm. know but also celebrating how bodegas are everywhere mm. and they're so different depending on where they are and we're inviting amazing guest chefs to come and cook some meals for us elevated four course dinner series we have some hosts who you might recognize from other netflix shows what that oh will my- really yeah are these going to be us- filmed or i think we'll definitely have recaps to highlight some of the cool you know components and parts of the dinner but yeah we're bringing these hosts in and they're really vital because they're going to be really carrying the experience. So the host and the chefs will collaborate on a theme and then I'll curate drinks to go with the four oh courses. Gosh. I'm so excited. You got to give me a heads up. I'm there. Yes, However I can I help, will. whatever I can do. I'm there. I appreciate I just, you. We could just, use some wine. Yeah, I got it. I got I got the wine. <laughs> I got the wine. That's really cool. I mean, there's too many things. There's so many things. I, I don't even know how you keep yeah. it all straight. I don't know either. It's, <laughs> but it's like, isn't that kind of, kind of the best, right? Because you're it's constantly cool. inspired. I have so many notebooks of things I, I haven't even done yet. And the thing, the biggest thing for me is always the charity element, the right. giving back to the community. And that's tied into all programming that we do. So Bodega Culture and Cocktails and Comedy have an element 
where we do make a donation to a nonprofit because I just think it's so important. Are you supporting um, the same charity, different charities? Like who are, yeah, who are you so trying to highlight? For Cocktails and Comedy, we're highlighting Chocolate City's Brass, which is an organization based in D.C. And they focus on education within the beverage sector for black and brown folks, awesome. which is awesome. Yeah, we that's amazing. That. Bodega Culture, we haven't secured a nonprofit organization yet, but it will be the same one for that as well. I just feel that there's a, a, a much bigger impact can be made if there's just one focus. I agree. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Gosh. You're inspiring me. feel like I'm like, I got to do more. <laughs> no, you're doing the oh, most. No, 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 no. I mean, it's I'm just you're you're so lovely. Let me ask you some tactical because yeah. I think this is you're an expert. I feel like I can't have an expert on wine face without you dropping some more nuggets of knowledge. OK, what are like the five things everyone should have in their home bar? Because I believe in a small home bar. I don't know what you believe, but like we want to hear from you what your yes does this include tools I think so yes I mean five bottles and then like what tools are the bare minimum necessary I think everyone should have a a vermouth of some sort whether it be sweet or dry okay some sort of amaro amari Mm -hmm. a pair of teeth love gin (laughs) rum (laughs) and whiskey that's probably my five and sherry let's throw sherry oh my gosh this is so progressive (laughs) I love it it's the way then, it should be. No vodka, guys. Yeah, sure. No, I don't yeah. drink vodka, but yeah. June's more exciting. I, I don't know. know. It's more flavorful. <laughs> it has flavor. Let's put it that way. You can do a little bit more with it, I think. And then I'd say, you know, have simple syrup in your house or okay. some sort of homemade syrup that you keep you know, it in have. the fridge, right? Keep it in the fridge. Keep it in the fridge. Bitters, yep. your Ingosaur, your Peychaud's, your Orange. I know that's more than five, but I these know. are essential. <laughs> these are essential. This is what we need to know. Garnishes. The biggest castle of Toronto olives you can find. <gasps> Juicy Meaty. castles. Juicy castles. Meaty. Love. I, I love, love a meaty I'm olive. A cocktail. Yes. Juicy castles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see some merch spinning out of there. Juicy castles. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, juicy castles. Some sort of citrus, orange, or lemon peel. I actually have essential oil. So I have like <gasps> an atomizer that looks like perfume holder oh my god just just because it's so wasteful you just use the peels and you throw you just need a tiny bit you need a a little bit of exactly oh these drinks sound dreamy Um, and we haven't even talked about any i know we haven't even talked about the drinks so romantic (laughs) for tools you can use a mason jar for shaking okay oh with the lid oh my gosh this is amazing most people love mason jars exactly i have have like 50 at my house but Uh, i do too used to recycle i'm like i will use them <laughs> or something you're gonna shake a lot of cocktails no i'm gonna i would invest in a scale okay a scale it's way more accurate than a measuring cup okay this is leaning into like coffee culture too which, there you go yeah i like it i like I love it a consistent product a jigger which is a measuring device that measures ounces or mills depending on what part of the world you live in do you like like um, a one ounce to two ounce or do you like a yes okay me too i like That's a one cool. ounce to two ounce just because it has your more common measurements in there. Do you find like I feel like most people, if they're intimidated about making drinks, it's because they don't realize that like it's super easy if you just have a recipe like for a basic drink. Yeah. Like a margarita is pretty easy to make if you have like the ratios, right? Yeah, people, it's intimidating, though. I, yeah, I know. I guess it is still intimidating. And it's it's le- it's a lot less about knowing the measurements. It's a little bit of it's a little bit of technique, right? So yeah. let's say you're making a margarita at home. Yep. This is what I do when I was doing my virtual classes. It's like, cool, you have your measurements. It's ha- about having good quality ingredients. Okay. Fresh juice. Fresh, like that day, that moment. Like, 
squeeze yeah, it. Not, yeah, not just not the real lime juice you get off the shelf, you know? If it look if it's a plastic bottle in the shape of a fruit, you've you've already made a mistake. You're gonna be disappointed. Well, and it's cheaper. It's like more better quality and for better price, right? Yeah, I don't know. Limes are like a dollar now. I guess so. That's true. I guess that's true. <laughs> I'm a fresh juice like freak. So I'm fresh with you. juice all the way. Yep. Like no, it's like if anything. No and then obviously fresh or very good quality spirits are essential as well. Then your good product essentially. The tools don't really matter if I'm being really honest. Great. I um, love the honesty. It's, it's more about understanding dilution. And what right. I mean by that is if you have ice that, and you know this, if you have ice that's wet, what does wet mean? It means when you look at your ice, does it look like it's crying or it's sweating? <laughs> right? Yeah. If it does, you're not going to shake it as hard or as much. Right. Ah. Or you, because your cocktails are over dilute. What if your ice looks like a chapped lip? If your ice looks like a chapped lip, it's actually quite cold. So that's good. I actually like this description. Yeah. It's not bad, right? You just so, need to shake uh, harder. You're going to shake normally. Oh, yeah, okay. You don't need to change the way you shake. It's really when your your ice is sweating that your cocktail is not going to get as cold because it's sweating and melting so fast. Got it. So you want to use ice that looks like it has chapped lips or it's <laughs> just you know normal. And when you get a better idea of dilution how hard to shake, how much to shake, how long to shake, how long to stir, etc. That really is going to determine, do you have enough aeration in your margarita? Did you stir your old fashioned enough? Is it, is it sitting on top of a beautiful two by two cube and diluting like slowly? Slowly. So it's yeah. a slow train or are we exactly. going on the bullet train? All right, Lauren, you're the best. I could talk to you for hours, but before we go, I like to do a little segment called Rapid Fire Right Now. Just, Ooh. it's really easy, but are you down? I'm down. All right. I'm a little scared. No, these are easy. These are more wine focused, but it's mellow. I just think it's really <laughs> fun. Okay, so here we go. White or red? Red. Light or full? That's easy. <laughs> Cool. Easy. Um, oh, orange or rosé? Orange. Ooh. Fill in the blank. Fried chicken plus. Mm. Fried chicken plus lambrusco. Oh, my gosh. And you went with a wine pairing. I love it. Truffles or caviar? Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> I know. I feel the same. Uh, caviar. <laughs> Woo. We are on a caviar kick with these answers. Current drink order when you're out. Old fashioned with rum. What? Old fashioned with rum? My mind just got blown. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, Lauren, you are exquisite. This was so cool. I can't wait to drink all your cocktails. I'm going to hit you up when I'm in D.C. Please <laughs> let me know when you're in L.A. so we can do this yes. again and just hang out. Absolutely. Um, I really appreciate it. Can you let people know, like, if they want to follow along on what you're doing or learn more about For any sure. of your many ventures, where should they find you? Yeah, please follow me at LP Drinks DC on Instagram and www.lpdrinks.org. And it has, it essentially houses literally everything I do. So amazing. Oh my God. And we're going to stay tuned for Bottega Culture LA. We will be there. (laughs) And you're just the best. And uh, I'm inspired. It's Thursday. Let's do it. (laughs) Thank you so much, Lauren. Have a good rest of your week. Thank you. Lauren, LP. I mean, she's just amazing. What a dream. So lucky that she could take the time to come on Wine Face, drop all the nuggets of knowledge on us. It was just absolutely extraordinary. Meaty castles for life. I will keep you all posted on Bodega Culture Dinner in LA if you're in LA, but I can't wait to see what's next. And seriously, 
I'm not just saying it. The Sipony drinks are the shit. They're, they're really good. I would drink five, but then I'd probably pass out. Or I think I'd pass out after two. Anyway, they're delicious. Okay. You can follow me at Helen's Wines or go to helenswines.com. And uh, I hope everyone is going to make a cocktail this weekend or tonight or like right now. I'm inspired. Thanks for listening and see you next time.